to Westmoreland Reads, a short-form podcast all about good stories, books, and reading. In each episode, you'll hear a short story, a book recommendation, and what I'm currently reading, all with no spoilers. I'm Heidi, your host, and this is episode three of season three. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Westmoreland Reads. I am excited today to talk with you all about my superlative reads from August 2022. So this episode is a slight interruption to the normal format. I know we're only three episodes in, but this is kind of how it's going to go. Once a month, I'm going to share three superlative reads from the month before. So this is September now, and I'm sharing about my superlative reads in August. A lot of other book podcasts do this, and I really love listening to it, so I thought it would be a good way to share some reads from the previous month myself. I thought about sharing like all the books I read in August with a few of my favorites, or just having an episode with my favorite books from the month before. But that doesn't let me share the books that maybe I didn't like as well that um, still left a big impression on me. One of the books I'm going to talk about today is like that. It's not a book that I really, really loved. It's not a book that I would recommend to everyone. But man, I had so many thoughts and feelings while I was reading this book, and I just really wanted to talk about it with someone. And so I wanted to share it. And so that's what a superlative read episode is about. It's about the books that I want to talk about, but maybe didn't love, maybe weren't favorites, but were still really made a big impression on me in my reading life. And it feels like a more complete conversation about reading that way. Like if I only ever shared all of my favorites, all you would be hearing is all positive things about all the books all the time. (laughs) And that would be fine, I guess. But Uh, Maybe a little bit less interesting of a conversation, I think. So anyway, so this is my superlative reads from August 2022, and um, it is a recommendation-heavy episode because while I won't recommend all the books that I talk about today, if you are not the same kind of reader that I am and you tend to like the sound of some of the stuff that I'm talking about, you might want to pick up that book. So I'm going to share a quick story Um, Nothing really complicated. I can't quite leave you without a story. This is where I got this idea, and this is um, something that happened in my reading life over the last few weeks. So um, my birthday was at the end of August, and that weekend just so happened to be a weekend that I was able to go on a 24-hour retreat by myself. Me and my husband have been planning on doing this more often. It's happened twice this year so far where we both uh, get an Airbnb over the weekend and take 24 hours away from the house, away from the kids, away from all the medical stuff um, to just take a longer break than just, you know, a couple hours here and there. Um, We are still figuring out how to help each other take care of our mental health and our personal interests and stuff while we have really intense caregiving that our kids require. So, Um, something that we intend to do is every quarter, each of us is going to take a 24 hour break. So mine was, um, the same weekend as my birthday, which was really cool. It felt like a very big birthday celebration. And so what I did was I went to the library and got to browse by myself in the adult fiction section (laughs) with no kids in tow and just like look and grab books that I thought were interesting looking. So I ended up leaving the library with, I think, nine books, which is ridiculous. Who's going to read nine books in 24 hours? I don't know. But um, but now I'm reading them because it turns out I actually want to read them all. <laughs> um, and so I spent those 24 hours listening to a new book podcast I discovered called Book Fair. 
and reading just excerpts and starting these nine different books that I got at the library. It was a lot of fun. Um, and it's also where I got the idea to, instead of do a favorites episode, do a superlative episode, because one of the books that I was reading at the time, I was just like, man, I am not liking this in so many ways, but also it's leaving a really big impression. So um, that's my story for this week is a 24-hour getaway, browsing the library, and just doing a ton of reading by myself, and it was wonderful. (laughs) So let's get into August superlatives. So the first one I'm going to start with is the one that I've alluded to three or four times now. Um, You're probably like, what in the world? Talk to me about this book. This is the book that I almost stopped reading three times. (laughs) It is The People of the Book by Geraldine Brooks. So even though I believe in stopping books I'm not enjoying or DNFing. Um, Sometimes I will stick with a book that has hard points because I think the story is worth some of the discomfort of reading it. Uh, This book was like that. There were points where some of the details were almost sensationalist in nature, like the author was throwing in something gratuitous to keep my attention. Even though the story itself was so interesting, it had my attention already. I almost stopped reading it three times, but I finished because I wanted to talk about this book. So here's the setup. This is mostly from the jacket copy. I had such mixed feelings and emotions about this book that I'm still working out how to describe it. So Hannah Heath, the main character, is an Australian rare book expert who's been offered the job of analyzing and preserving the rare and famous Sarajevo Haggadah after it was rescued from shelling during the Bosnian War. This book is one of the earliest Jewish volumes to ever be illuminated with images and is considered priceless. Upon close inspection, Hannah discovers several tiny artifacts like a butterfly wing, wine stains, and salt crystals, and embarks on a worldwide journey to uncover its mysteries. It's a sweeping tale spanning centuries and timelines, and the journey of the book itself is fascinating. So, amazing premise, especially for book lovers and especially for someone interested in Jewish history, which I am. I could not finish it just to complete the story of a priceless book, right? But there were those aggravating, distracting details that just got to me. One example was near the beginning. It's like the first chapter, so this isn't really a spoiler. The main character is getting to know what seems like might be a love interest, and suddenly things go from zero to 60 in one sentence. It's like they're having coffee, and then, oh my gosh, wait, what? (laughs) Um, I really didn't like it. Another example was a torture scene during the Spanish Inquisition. It was just a lot. Um, I told Alex about it, and he actually got a little mad when I told him. He told me that he never wanted to know that about the Spanish Inquisition and torture, and he kind of wishes he still didn't know that. And so it's because of him I decided not to actually describe that to you all um, or go into many of these details. Um, And also, oops, (laughs) sorry, Alex, didn't mean to traumatize you there a little bit. But anyway, my point is that even though the story is fascinating and wonderful and I absolutely wanted to finish it, I also wanted to stop reading. And this kind of book is the reason I'm doing these superlative episodes. They leave a strong impression and I want to talk about them even if I can't recommend them for everyone. So if things like that don't bother you, then I can recommend you pick up The People of the Book by Geraldine Brooks. And if things like that do bother you, maybe look up some summaries and read about it online. My second superlative this month is the book that came close to my heart. It's called Third Culture Kids by David C. Pollock and Ruth E. Van Raken. So have I mentioned Third Culture Kids on the podcast before? 
Um, I can't remember. I'll look it up and I'll link the episode in show notes if I did. Um, but if not, then it's definitely time. So I grew up overseas. Me and all of my siblings are pretty much textbook examples of third culture kids or TCKs. We are kids who grew up back and forth between international locations and homes, and we've had to grow up and figure out who we are in the context of not having had a home base to launch from. A book like this, which is nonfiction and very much a research-rich textbook, doesn't need a lot of setup. TCKs are not the only type of multicultural experience the book talks about. It goes deep into every kind of experience you can imagine and is incredibly useful. This is simply everything you could want to know about what it's like to grow up in a cross-cultural or multicultural setting and the challenges TCKs have in adjusting to life in the adult world. It spells out the psychological components of reaching adulthood and functioning in the real world, i.e. outside the caregiver's home, and how different and challenging that can be for TCKs as opposed to someone who grows up in one or two places and with the same community their whole lives. So the main thing the book drove home for me was how many seemingly normal life adjustments when looked at through that lens of a TCK become really complicated and difficult. So for example, I've known for a long time my tendency to grow hopeless about friendships when plans don't work out. Uh, We'll say things like, we should go visit that vineyard, and then when the weeks pass and we don't and everyone has forgotten we spoke that intention and I'm the one who remembers, I struggle to think the friendship will last. Um, I've known about this and worked through it for years, but it was only when reading this book that I was able to add a puzzle piece to this experience. So as a teenager, very often my experience was meeting people, becoming close friends fast, making plans, then those plans not working out, and then we would leave. The friendship often ended because most teenagers don't do long-distance friendships, period. And so I connected those simple events of plans not happening to friendship ending. And as an adult, I've had to learn that friendships aren't built on one or two events and people make and break plans all the time. This might be natural for someone who grew up in one town or one city with the same community their whole lives, but I did not. And so adding that extra piece has clarified how those repeated disappointments as a teenager have influenced my expectations for adult friendships. And now that I have that puzzle piece, my work to change my expectations in adult friendships is that much easier. It is still work, but it is a little easier. And now that I understand why my brain processes things that way. So if you have a child in your life who is a TCK or you are an adult TCK like me, or you're getting ready to start traveling and moving and your kids are going to become TCKs, please read this book. Get some insight into how monumental this experience is to the children and probably a few adults in your life. And I highly recommend listening on audio while reading simultaneously because it is a really huge book and pretty dense with facts and details. It's taken me, this is September, it's taken me nine months. I started this in January to get through this book. And only because in the last two weeks, I finally downloaded it on audio (laughs) so that I could finish. So that's Third Culture Kids by David C. Pollock and Ruth Van Raken. My last book for today is the book with the character I could be friends with, Miss Pickerel Goes to Mars by Ellen McGregor. This is a children's chapter book. I've been reading ahead of my kids this year as they make their way through their literature lists for school. And so this Miss Pickerel book is both on my third graders literature list and on our read aloud list. I loved Miss Pickerel. First of all, it's funny. Ridiculous situations, things that are oversimplified and could never happen, but presented in a way to make the reader smile and keep the narrative moving. Miss Pickerel herself is a character I could see so much of myself in, and I'm sure we would be friends. Here's the setup. 
A little bit of a lovable curmudgeon, Miss Pickerel is a contented bachelorette whose best friend is her pet cow. She's just spent a month with her brother and his family and is very much looking forward to getting home to some peace and quiet, but she's unpleasantly surprised to discover that a bunch of scientists have invaded her home and are using her backfield for a research project. She immediately confronts the issue and walks right into their midst, ordering that they remove themselves and their equipment and seize trespassing on her property. The adventure that follows is, ahem, not of this world, and Miss Pickerel has to learn to think fast, follow her gut, and change her mind in order to thrive in her circumstances. To give you an idea of why I loved Miss Pickerel, a scene at the beginning of the book has her picking up a hitchhiker on the condition that he not talk to her. As he tries to make small talk, she repeatedly and politely reminds him that she's just spent a month around several children who never stop talking. It's a hilarious scene I could pull straight out of my own kitchen with my own kids. Remember how I told you I wanted quiet? Did I mention that I'm tired of conversation? This is quiet time now because you've asked me a lot of questions in the last few minutes. Miss Pickerel is hilariously sarcastic, but she and I could definitely spend an afternoon just being quiet together. And if I could picture my personality 30 years from now, just read Miss Pickerel. (laughs) The book also has themes of changing your mind in order to learn, to get to know other people, and to have new experiences. And I have a couple kids for whom that lesson is pretty valuable and ongoing. So the book with a character I could be friends with is Miss Pickerel Goes to Mars by Ellen McGregor. To wrap us up today, I am currently reading a book of short stories called Heart Songs by E. Annie Prue. Thank you all so much for listening. If you have a story you'd like to hear on the podcast or want to chat about today's episode, email me at westmorelandpodcast at gmail.com or send a message to at westmorelandreads on Instagram. You can find links to the books and stories mentioned in show notes and on westmorelandpodcast.com. To help the podcast find the exact right audience, leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen or give a shout out on social media. I truly love sharing stories and books with you all, and I'm excited to talk to you again soon. Man reading should be man intensely alive. The book should be a ball of light in one's hand. Ezra Pound. <laughs>